Hemshech Hayim Beis, Volume 1, we're beginning, the middle, the beginning of Discourse 33, bottom of page 255. And we finish chapter 131, and we're going to go to 132. 132, 131 rather, is continuing, we're discussing now the two energy flows in existence, one called Eir HaGvul, one called Eir HaBligvul, or Eir Primin, Eir Makif imminent energy which is tailored and focused and targeted to a particular function and transcendent energy which is not focused to anything particular but just representing the emanating and representing and expressing the source is essentially the difference between the Ovis, the patriarchs and their work before Matan Torah which was really making sure that the energy within existence is aligned perfectly with the creator with God with the source. And Matan Teda, which we didn't get to yet, which creates a Chiddush that brings in an Er HaBligvul that's higher than existence. So to continue elaborating about the Ovis, the chapter 131 continued and said that this Gili of Kel Shaddai that we said about the Ovis, Kel Shaddai is what should die, is also the meaning and the explanation in the Medrash that says from Avram, when Avram began, he began to radiate. Mi Heir Mizrach. He says, in general, this is the level of Erzarua Latzadik. So chapter 131, you could say, is an explanation of the meaning of Erzarua. What does it mean, Erzarua? So literally, Erzarua Latzadik, the energy, the light that is implanted then in Latzadik. Erzarua Latzadik and given to the Tzadik, to a righteous person. So poetically, we understand what it means. That a Tzadik essentially inherits or, or, or gains the Erzarua. But what is the Rua? So Rua is an interesting word because it means... Plant, an implantation. So to explain this, the, the Rebbe Rashab began by discussion by saying, based on the Apostle Chalio, that, uh, <coughs> that said, uh, the expression is, Chakim hu antu chakim, v'lei b'chokhmi yediyah, antu meivin v'lei b'bini yediyah. Which means God is a dimension of chokhme and bina. So it's chokhme and bina, but it's not knowable chokhme and bina, meaning it's not something that we can relate to. But it's also not outside the realm of the structure of Chachman Bina. So he says, this, we must say, refers to Chachman Bina that's higher than Natsilis. Because Natsilis, it's clearly knowable. And he proves it through many different ways. Natsilis, we know. We appreciate the wisdom and, and the Bina. So when we say, which is what he says in Pasachal earlier, we have to say, we're talking about a level that's beyond. Okay. <clears throat> Then he continues on, it says that Atzillus in general is Gilead Helam, as the Kavis. It, it reveals, what does it reveal? It reveals the uh, ten hidden spheres that were envisioned by the cosmic artist, ten hidden spheres from before the Tzimtzum. So therefore, basically, Atzillus reveals the Chochmin, a revealed way of that which is concealed. And what's concealed? So he says that Chachim, Vleib Chachmidiyah, is either Chochmin Bina Vakudim, or Chachma bin, or Chachma of At, of Ak, Adam Kadman. As the Zara says, the Lav in Nehurin. That's higher than being, it's Lav in, it doesn't have Nehurin. Lav in Nehurin would be literally, Lav Inun, they are not illuminators. They're not, they're not, they're, they're powers that do not get revealed. It's like a concealed type of, Lav in Nehurin. They don't shine. As the and then he goes on and says, in the root, this is the ten hidden spheres. 
And it continues to explain that this is like in the Kechus HaNefesh would be the revealed faculties when you have the vision in the eye and the hearing in the ear and the other faculties that are functioning. That's and that's, that's like Atzillus. But then there's the Kechus, the way they are Klon and Benefesh. The way they're Klon and Benefesh, they're already, like that would be like the ten, say the ten energies within the container. Like a like a kudim, and even higher the way it's neisikeches, which is apparently the way it's an ak. Yeah, it's not apparently. That's aderech neisikeches. So there's how the faculties are included in the source in the soul, and then there's how the soul has the potential of faculties, which is even more subtle and abstract level. So now it becomes a question based on this that we've established now that there's a chakim yidiyah, there's a knowable wisdom and bina and understanding. There's an unknowable wisdom and understanding, and goes all the way to the ten hidden spheres in the root in the soul, which is at that stage is pshitus, as he says, is completely without shape. So how does it go? What's the process that makes sense? How does it come from a state that's completely shapeless, even though it's encompassed there, to something that's tangibly different? You have riya and shmiya, seeing and hearing, or you have a mind that's working and a heart that's feeling. Or a hand that's, uh, or walk, a hand, foot that's walking, and you have different faculties. How did that go? How did it get here? Such a tangible, distinct faculties from a place that is completely abstract. So he says there's a process, and there's a process that can make that makes sense. And he uses the example from Torah Eir. So what does it say in Torah Eir? There he says he qualifies that there. There is talking about the the Kalim. There is talking about how Chachma Bria comes from Chachma Atzilus, the Kalim. But he says the same idea can also explain the way it is in energy, which, by the way, is the shita of this drush that also in energy there's level, there's there's a spheres. Right, exactly. So he says the example is of when you plant a seed in the ground. He uses the example of a apple seed. Question is, the seed does not have any of the personality, and particularly the, this, let's say the sweetness of a of a sweet apple. You taste the seed, and you won't have any touch taste. And more than that, most most seeds don't have, are not even are altogether. You can't even eat. So you have basically a seed turning into something that is edible, and not only edible, that has sweetness. Where did these new features come from? If the, if the seed itself doesn't seem to have it, doesn't have it. That's what he asked. And he says, and if we say that it's coming from the kayach and semeach meaning from the power of the growth within the earth, we see, I'm just using his name, there's no sweetness at all in the power of growth within the earth. Now he qualifies this and says, in some places it does say that it comes from that place, and the basis on the Rashi and Bereshis, that when they tasted, they were able to taste the earth and know the personality or the features, it had some distinct features. But he says it's still Mesikus Ruchni, at best, it's still a spiritual secret. So it does contribute to answering the question, especially once we know the full answer, but it's not a full answer yet because the question is, how does it jump from, from here to there? And then he says that Geras HaKedish, that uh, the Geras HaKedish I think is more aligned, aligned with what he's saying here. That from the power of growth in the, in, the, in the earth, you only get the fact that there's a fruit. But the sweetness comes from the mazel. Which begins... And this comes and this leads us into the answer. So what's the answer? How does it get from this spiritual place into tangible faculties? Or how from Esesphiris Agnuzis to Esesphiris Agluis? The answer is Erzerua. That's going to be the answer. 
that it's an energy that is like planting a seed. So it's not just a miracle that God says, I want ten spheres, poof, ten spheres. He planted a seed. The seed is going to be the ten hidden spheres. But what's the explanation now? So the explanation is the Maimar Chazal. says there's no grass, no blade of grass below that does not have a mazel above that strikes it. Well, Maka is interesting. It doesn't mean strikes it. It means like, it's like almost like, you know, when you smack a horse to move. It's like, uh, like uh, it's, 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 it's the word, it's not energized, it prods it, right. Prods it or stimulates it. That's what it means. And stimulates it to grow. So he pointed out that generally, also in the guest case, the expression is, It says grow. The Rebbe Rashab just says, Whether this is a different lotion of the Medish, I don't think in Havana is a difference. Because the bottom line is, through saying it, it makes it grow. Bottom line, it makes it grow. And here the Rebbe Rashab says, and this mazel has in it something that is sweet. But it's what? It's spiritual sweetness. And he gives the example. For example, you could have sweetness that's in a nigan. You say the word sweetness, the sweet to the taste of the palate. There's sweetness when you hear a song. There's sweetness when you hear a, a nice seichel, a beautiful idea. So, it does not give sweetness to the physical mouth when you learn when you hear a song, but it's still it does affect, it stimulates the taste buds, you can say, the spiritual palate. Because think about it for a moment. When you hear a nigan, there's a state where you feel nothing. You suddenly someone plays a song, he sings a song, and you and you feel you feel a sweetness comes around you. Can you compare it to the sweetness when you put it in your mouth a, a sweet apple? No, but you do have at least in the archetype, in the personality, you both are eliciting sweetness. So what, what he's showing here is that there is a process that not just jumps from yesh ma'ayin, that suddenly you have sweetness out of nowhere. There is a sweetness in the mazel that in turn, when it becomes nizgashim and nisavim, becomes thickens and becomes material, that sweetness turns into a physical sweetness. So you say, so what, so what, what was the hava mean? And what was the question then? Why didn't he say that originally? Because originally, he was not talking about a spiritual sweetness. He was just saying that how from a seed, which has no sweetness in it, or from the power on the earth that has no sweetness in it, how does suddenly sweetness come out? How do you have a, a, a tangible personality? What he's answering is that in those levels, in the mazel particularly, especially according to the Rashi and the Medrash, that tasting the earth, so obviously there is, sweetness goes through a hishtalshlus. I want to just illuminate this point before I continue. You know, let me just finish the, the chapter. So, it says, The ten hidden spheres are like the sweetness in the mazel. They, they, there's a, a concept of sweetness, and that will be the root, and that will be then, once you plant the seed in the ground, So then he says, once you plant this chachma from Esosphere Sagnusis into the ground, let's call it into the existence after the Tzimtzum, that is, causes it to have a Gashmizdik element to it, and then the sweetness becomes physical. Now remember, Atsilis is also spiritual. We're talking relative to the ten hidden spheres, the ten revealed spheres, is like the sweetness of an apple compared to the sweetness of a song, or the spiritual sweetness in the mazel. That's the analogy that he uses here. And then he concludes and says one more thing. This sweetness, however, the apple, does not reflect 
the real core sweetness of the mazel. The mazel happens to have also a spiritual dimension that's called spiritual sweetness. But it's only a reflection of this. That's why it's called erzeruah. So we have here, because you could say if that's the case, then why is it like, like, like a seed? Then it would be like shefa, like an actual seed, like water, like he says. You bring, you take a level above and you move it down to another level. It remains er. Because the mazel still remains fundamentally a spiritual entity that's beyond sweetness and beyond personality. So er remains a reflection it is still an expression of the of the source, which is beyond all these structures. But nevertheless, a reflection of it manifests in what we'll call spiritual sweetness, and that that reflection will ultimately become when it become when it's planted in Atsilas, it will become Ezerua will become an actual tangible sweetness, which is the sweetness or the levels or the distinction of the spheres in Atsilas. I want to just elaborate a moment and then we'll continue the next chapter. The ideas in this chapter were discussed in general terms earlier about how it evolves, but what he's doing, what he's doing here is, is uh, obviously adding many key points in the process. Now, the one first point I wanted to make was this. There's an expression that what brings together a soul and a body is a kayecha mafli lasis. It's only a power, a mafli, that is a completely awesome and, and, and mysterious power that can bring together gashmis and ruchnis. How could spirit ma- meet matter? There's no real way to explain it. The only way you can explain it is that there's something that is beyond spirit and matter that's able to bring them together. Because without that, these two are separate entities. <clears throat> and yet at the same time we see that we don't just say that God miraculously does it he does it with a system there's a system we have a heart that beats we breathe there's a whole process of how life is generated and if God forbid there's illness there's ways to heal you don't just say oh if the soul and body are having a problem pray to God and he should bring you together no there's ways to heal he created a system and created medicine and gave power and permission to doctors to heal. So it means that even though at the root of it there is an element that will ultimately be mysterious, but ever beyond the mystery there's a lot, a lot that can be explained. And the same is true with the whole way that we work with the cosmic order. I've said this many times. God wanted to have an existence that makes sense. Does He need it that way? Could it be other way? Of course it could be. But this is the way He wants it, which means this is why it has to be this way. At the root of it you'll say, why did He need it to be logical? We don't have an answer for that. That's part of Nisava. God had desire that. He wanted Tachtainim the way they are, as we discussed, and with the logic as we understand it. And it's all part of the desire. So if you go to the core core and say, at the end of the road, you know, like we go always, like, who put the first ball of gas there? The answer is, it's a mystery. And a mystery is not a problem because God is not bound by logic. So why, you know, we have a problem with a mystery because we like to understand things. But there's a point where it began because that's how he wanted it. But because he wanted it that way, it's a real system. It's not just, oh, you know, who cares because he could have done it another way. No, once he made it this way, this system is the way it works. And this is also infused with the same atmos that's beyond the structure. And therefore, understanding the logic 
of why you need a tzimtzum and a kav and er and eris and kalim and the whole process. That we don't just, uh, 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 you know, why didn't God just make the miracle a husband and wife get married? They, they stand under a chuppah and the next thing you know, a, a baby pops up. Why does it have to go through a whole process? Why do you need even physical intimacy? I mean, I understand a scientist would not relate to that. But the whole thing is a miracle anyway. God's the one that's going to choose whether a life should be born or not be born. Why does he need a husband and wife to be involved? Why does he need a process? Okay, let's say he wants them to be partners. So fine, so let them let them join together in a sacred way. And pop, a child is born. Why do you need nine months and every step and the seed has to grow and the fetus develops and develops and develops and develops. Then we're born and starts a new stages of development. We should be born bar mitzvah, bas mitzvah. Start doing mitzvahs. So if the whole purpose what's all this? Why, 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 why months and years of waiting until we start doing Torah mitzvahs? You don't do Torah mitzvahs until you're already somewhat of an adult. Because God wanted the system to have an order. He wanted us to understand it. and wanted us to understand Him. And in some mysterious way, this order teaches us about God too. Not because God is logical, but because God shows this logic. So it teaches us about Him. And we could have a relationship, and there's a way to grow. It's not just, oh, okay, how do I have a relationship with God? One morning I just wake up. No, you grow, you learn, and you daven, and you do a mitzvah, and you grow day by day, and you have challenges. And it's an integrated system. That's the key. If there was only Er Makif, it would be a very, be like I've said several times here, a master and a slave. We're subjects and master. God is a master and we serve the master, but that's not what God said. He said, I want you to know me. I want you to be a daito. I want you to love me. I want to have a relationship with you. A relationship is, means, by definition, a relationship means a system. That there's two forces at work and they communicate with each other and it's back and forth, etc., etc. I'm just elaborating on this because this is a key point that often is not mentioned in any chassidus class. And you learn and learn, and this, and this is like the elephant in the room if you think about it. Without this, the whole thing always remains somewhat what's going on. But this is exactly the whole reason we go through all these levels. So here we had an example in this last chapter. A seed is planted in the ground. It's a whole process. It's not just a seed planted. You have to water it. And that's why he asked the question, how did it get from here to here? Why don't you just say it's a miracle? God created a miracle. You put a seed in the ground. He gives it power to, 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 to sprout. That's not correct. He says he created a mazel. And the mazel has in it a spiritual sweetness. And spiritual sweetness translates into physical sweetness. So we have a system we can follow. We can, okay, if that's the case, let's begin. I taste an apple, it's sweet. This teaches me about spiritual sweetness, like let's say uh, sweetness of a nigan song or seichel. This teaches me in turn of spiritual sweetness even deeper than a nigan and thing. And you can, from sweetness to sweetness, all the way get to chesed or sweetness, all the way up in the esesvirus agnuses. And the same thing with everything in this world. Everything is a, not just a moshel, it's a container. Like we say, Chesidus says, a moshel is actually, when we say, from my flesh shall behold God. It's not just our bodies are an example for godliness. Our bodies, an example is the body of the soul that it is an example for. So if you want to say fire in this world, fire is just a body, a package for gvura. Gvura is a spiritual ethereal entity. Fire takes on shape and form. So a real makubal or a person who sees the world for the way it is, sees everything as godly forces. We, it's concealed, so we only see the physical thing. So the beauty of this is that when you taste an apple, it's not just a sweet taste. The sweet taste teaches you about the higher sweetness. You know, you have the expression, for example, the color blue. So it's 
blue looks like. Why? Why do we? Why is it tchelis and tzitzis? On the time of the uh, time of the shot, uh, in time of the, uh, of the of the of the right, there was tchelis. So why tchelis? Why does it have to be blue? Why do you have blue in the Mishkan? Who cares if it's blue, red, green? God cares what color. So it says tchelis demaliyam, because tchelis looks is similar to the sea. Listen to this: the sea demalikia. Sea is similar to the sky. So the kia demalikisei akovit. The sky reminds us and tells us kisei akovit. And I don't know if there's another. I think that's where it stops. What do you see from this? Think about this. What is this Gemara saying? What is this exactly? I mean, it's just a play of words. I mean, it's like blue, blue, blue. No, we don't relate to the blueness of spirituality because we're physical creatures. God wants a dirabitachten. He wants us in this material world to reveal the spiritual. So He created. He planted in the color blue, and the sea is blue for a reason. Yes, I understand science has its reasons, but why, is the, why are those factors, what makes water whitish blue, is because it comes from the heaven. And the key is whitish blue. And the key comes from Kisya Kovit. So when you evoke in you, let's say, the color blue we know today, there's scientific studies and they use it in marketing. Blue evokes warmth. That's why, for example, red evokes fear. Why do why you think there's red lights? Because red is going to be the color that creates. A type of like stop. Red evokes fire, kfura. It's a fearful color. It's a very strong color. It's a bold color. It's an aggressive color. Blue is a very gentle color. That's why water is far more gentle. When someone is, when you see water, I mean water can be dangerous too, floods. But I'm talking about water in general is a soothing experience. Fire always is terrifying, even a small fire. Now we need it. We need warmth, but fire has a power to it. It's aggressive. It's it, it, it's it's etc. Uh, etc. Et so, the point I'm making here is that all these things are examples in this world to help us relate to ruchnius. So, if there was a jump from, let's say, trail is blue here, and suddenly you have to go to Atmos, there's no bridge. There's no stepping stones. So you say, you know what? Blue reminds me of the blue of the sea. So when you stand at a sea next time, you say, why is the sea blue? Well, it reminds me of the blueness on a more ethereal level of the heavens. And from there to Kisya Kovin and so on. The Rebbe once explained this in a very beautiful way. You know, everyone knows this, the, 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 the custom. When children are, the Arayim Ferenish, as they call it. When they t- we take a child first time to school, so you wrap them in a talis, there's a whole thing. And you throw them candies, and you say, Malach Machol is throwing candies. So the Rebbe once, I remember, uh, the Rebbe even told the story of the Friedrich Rebbe, that the Friedrich Rebbe, out of Pesach, they found candies in his pocket. What's this? Why didn't you, you know, it's Pesach coming. She said, Malach Machol threw the candies. He doesn't want to, throw, he doesn't want to eat them up. He doesn't want to, he saved them. You know? Did you ever save the candies? Yeah. No, then they, 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 of course, they got rid of them. Mm-hmm. But So the Friedrich Rebbe asked the question, what kind of, uh, you believe, you're taking a child, you're taking a child into school. This is unbelievable. This is, this is you'll see exactly what it says here in Ayin Beis. The Rebbe explaining it in very simple. You're taking a child to school. It's the foundation of a child's education. There's going to be enough lies the child's going to feed. You have to tell a child a lie to a child and Malcolm Machol's throwing the candies. We all know the parents are throwing the candies. So what, what, what kind of Malach Machol? And the parents didn't throw the candies. The Rebbe's asked this question. I heard it myself more than one from Brink. It's printed. There's a Sikha, I think, in Chilik Yalav. No, Chilik Tazayin. Anyway, so the, so the question, well, lying, lying to a child, child grow a little older and say, Malach Machol threw me the candies, and if you didn't throw them, would you have also thrown them? You know? 
And then we, of course, the Rebbe didn't say this. I'm saying this. Mm-hmm. I, I, I grew up with this that Leo comes, you know, Pesach and and drinks the wine. And my uncles and everybody made sure to kick the table. So we're fooled one year, two years until we find out someone's kicking the table. No one's sipping no wine, you know. And you say, what's the so? So I know it's small little jokes, but at some point you start saying, so what is this whole thing? Is this like real or that? Man, what else is? What else do they? Do they just tell me is a story. What, what, you know, what's real? What's not real? You know. So the Rebbe asks this question. He says, so that's how you machanach a child. You tell a child, and the child grows a little older. Okay, the child then is naive, is accepting. You say malach machal, find malach machal. Grows a little older, we'll find out whether well, there was no malach that came. That was the Rebbe's question, and the Rebbe answered with another question. He said it like this. That uh, we teach children, you teach children, you don't tell them, learn Torah because Torah is godly. And God says, learn. We tell them Torah to learn Torah because we'll give you a reward. There was a custom, and some still have the custom, that the first time children learn olive base, you smear the, the sheet of olive base. Some learn it from the, you know, the Shablat of Tanya, whatever. They smear it with honey and sugar. And then they say, the Rebbe said actually, the nigan, you know, Tate is the best of the best more than raisins and then almonds. There's a song that grandmothers would sing to their grandchildren, or mothers sing, that, you know, the raisins and almonds are very sweet, but Tate is even sweeter. So the Rebbe asked the question, what kind of chinuch is this? You're teaching children that they should do it for rewards. You give them a reward, or because it's sweet, because they're going to get something that's sweet. Why don't you just tell them that this is what God wants? It's the sweetest thing in the world. That's it. So, of course, the answer, the Rambam himself asks this question. He asks the question. The whole Yisad of Chinuch is we teach children, adults as well, to do it for ulterior motives. Right? Should always which means that's the original way, not b'diavet, not if you have no choice. Le'elam, initially, you teach someone to do Torah mitzvahs shalelishma for ulterior motive, whatever that is, physical reward, spiritual reward, whatever gets it gets it done. And b'teich shalelishma because from shalelishma will come to lishma. The question is asked: What kind of lechatchila is this? B'diavet, we understand. You know, a person may not be at the level that they can appreciate. God wants you to do it. Fine. So we, we give in, we compromise and say, but to say la'ilam, initially that's the way. So all these questions are answered, but we just learned it. The answer is no. When the, when the parents are throwing the candies, it is al-malach machol. But malach machol manifests in the shliach is the parent. Now malach machol, a child cannot yet understand spiritual like that. So it manifests in physical things. When we have sweetness, why is there sugar and honey in this world? Not because there's sugar and honey and now we figure out how that teaches us something. No, there's sugar and honey in this world because there's spiritual sweetness. That spiritual sweetness, Nisavan, is Gashem, becomes sugar and honey. Sugar and honey is spiritual sweetness in a physical body. The fact that we don't know that, that's because there are limited. So that's why the Elim Yasser, because we live, we're material human beings. So the Gemara is being very practical and saying, Elam, this is the way we work. You, can only, you cannot begin by appreciating the spiritual. You have to begin by appreciating it by you. And that's why the interpretation, like the Rebbe says, the teich of not only that brings, the inner, the meaning of the real inside of the candies, and Malach Machal, is not, Malach Machal, is, not the, is not the candies, it's the spiritual, but the child can only understand it on that level. So, we, so, so same thing you could say, a teacher gives an example when he teaches, he's being false. Why doesn't he just explain the idea? Why do you give me an example? No one's ever going to say anything like that. But just think for a moment. 
It's like, and then what does the I have to give you an example? Example of something that's not the topic? Talk about the topic. The answer is very simple. The topic may be too abstract, may be too beyond us. So we need an example that we relate to. The example is something you can hold on to. But the example is the idea manifest in this lavush. It's just a lavush. The problem is if you forget that it's a lavush and you think the sweetness is an end in itself. You know, I, I mentioned this piece. It's an unbelievable thing. The, Rebbe, the, 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 the former beauty queen of Israel went by dollars, right? And you'd think that the Rebbe, would, nobody would believe what the Rebbe said to her. So she went by, the Rebbe called her back. Everyone thought that maybe the Rebbe didn't understand. She said she's a former beauty queen, she asked for a bracha, for fratzlacha, shidduch, and so on. It was all spiritual thing. It wasn't, she asked for a spiritual bracha. The Rebbe calls her back. She's a former beauty queen. He says to her that even though it says, Shekrachein, the Hevel HaYefi, Right, that that forces chain, grace, and hevel and and, and folly, and the vanity is, uh, is beauty. Beauty is vanity. Nevertheless, and, and what is that? That the true virtue that you praise a woman is Yiddish Hashem. Never said, but the, the interpretation of it is that once you have the Yishe Yiddish Hashem, that infuses also the beauty and the chain and the and the yefi. That's the interpretation. It's not the literal interpretation, but the, you have to say this. The Rebbe didn't explain. I'll explain. Well, based on what is the Rebbe saying? This the Pasuk doesn't say that. The reason is very simple. Look in Chumash, and we talk about the virtues of Sara, of the Imaas, Yifas Teyar, Yifas Mada, Yefi. So how could suddenly Mishlei Shlem HaMelech say, Sheker HaChein Hevelah Yefi? You could say, certain Chein and Yefi. You can't just have a blanket statement to say that all grace and Chein, Neyech Motza Chein Be'ene Hashem. Chein, since when is Chein a negative? All three mice had Yefi. Right, exactly. And Yefi, and, and, and when we say in Tera, Zekeli van Veyo, you do a mitzvah, mitzvah, to make a beautiful cloth, a beautiful parchment, beautiful sefer beautiful mezuzah, beautiful Shabbos table. Since when is beauty... Uh, uh, so, you can't see, so it's a, a basic question on the Pasuk. So the Pasuk is not coming to say that Yefi and Chen are bad. It's saying only that they're empty. When you have the Yiddish Hashem, then the real purpose of the Yefi, the beauty. Now we live in a world that is a material world. And beauty in this world, even beauty that's very coarse beauty, comes from somewhere. Beauty doesn't come from nowhere. God created this world. If something is beautiful, it means it has a beautiful root. The fact that humans use it for something that could be decadent or, or, or uh, selfish, that's the same question with, with, with the Roman asked Rabbi Akiva, why didn't God destroy the world why didn't, why didn't God destroy the sun and the moon? Because they, someone can, they, and people, that way you won't have uh, sun and moon worshippers. So he said, because of the fools, God's going to destroy his world. Because there are fools who don't understand the meaning of beauty or gold, which was created for the base of That's why God's going to destroy it. You know, the whole basis of the Rebbe's approach to technology. These are godly forces in the world. God forbid to say humans uh, created them. Humans can hijack them. Fine. So that's our mission. So you see here, it's a whole take, and I'm just I'm elaborating because it's really, it's exactly what he said here in chapter Kufa Amaral, except not in such elaborate terms. That Mesikus Gashmi comes from Mesikus Ruchni, and it leads you step by step by step. And that's what the others did. That's how I would sum up chapter 131 in more, uh, so it's called palatable terms that can be explained to anybody. Palatable from palatable. There you go. Right. The Baal Shem Tov says, by the way, very interesting thing, which can only be explained by this Ayin Bezia. He says that when a, why do we have different tastes and preferences? Some people like certain foods, other people don't like them. 
He says because the neshama senses the sparks in these foods. Even, he says even when you're attracted to something of beauty, he even mentions a beautiful woman and so on and so forth. He says it's because your neshama relates to that type of beauty. Now obviously you need Taylor to tell you what's Kedusha, what's not. But beauty, and you're drawn to it, is because the neshama is recognizing a deeper spiritual beauty that manifests in physical beauty. It's basically the idea, I mean, it's not a, if you think about it, it's not a fundamental Kiddush, but most people never heard it, it's, it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. It means even down to our most physical pleasures, the root of a pleasure, of, a, of a being attracted to something, the, I'm talking about the positive of it, comes from the neshama. Now, you could say, well, what happens when we have tithes to things that are completely forbidden? Fine, that, we're not talking about that. That, of course, the Nefesh Abamis is also a factor in having, as I said, you can use beauty for, the, for, for negative reasons. But we're talking about the beauty of the thing. Not, we're not talking about how it's used in a, in a, in a negative way. Are we attracted to, to things that are like the opposite or the same things as we have in, in our uh, higher level? Well, let's say, let's say you're walking down the street, you see something beautiful. Right. We won't say a human being. You see a beautiful tree. Ma, the Mishnah says, Ma, ma ilanza. You know, how beautiful. If you just say it's a beautiful tree, and I'm, I'm going to watch and observe it, and I'll take a picture of it to make a painting. So may, maybe that's Rishus, maybe. But if you say, look how beautiful, this means it reflects, like we said before, blue reflects on heaven. This is beautiful, it shows the God's beauty. Then you're then then you're seeing in creation God has manifested a part of His beauty. So that's up to us to determine whether we're going to. The root of the soul. So is it something lacking in the root of the soul, or something we have? No, we have so different we have souls have, have sparks that they relate soul. to. Okay. So yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. like looking for an opposite. No. No, 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 no. It's more uh, the soul identifies with that because it's. That's another. Uh, that's another point, but that's not the point in the Balsham. The point, point Balsham actually says foods. And, and even things we are, even humans that we are attracted to and, and images and stuff like that. He refers to basically our, our preferences, that the, why people have different personalities and why the, what they consider beautiful and so on. So it's really basically understanding that the world is not controlled by the devil, the world is controlled by God. The only thing is it's concealed. So when you see something beautiful, it can either be something you indulge in in a negative way, or you it's reshuts you just neutral. Or you elevate it to something positive. I remember the sikha, the famous sikha, where the Rebbe spoke. I, I prepared it for print, for publication. The Rebbe edited it. When he was talking about children, not to expose children to animals that are not uh, pure or clean. The Rebbe actually used, he said, of all things that's glorified in, this, in America is a mouse. You know, Mickey Mouse. Now, Mickey Mouse happens to be cute. It's not like a mouse that's running around that we are repulsed by. But the Rebbe then was asked a lot of questions. What about going to the zoo then? What about showing children uh, just, you know, people learn nature. They learn tigers and bears and this. These are not kosher animals. And the Rebbe made it very clear. He was talking things that where you have an option. On the contrary, he says, you go to a zoo. He said, the Rebbe said like this. If you take children to a zoo, he says, the biggest malamit tenekis of all, the greatest. Teachers ask the question, what should teachers do when they teach children so he said the biggest teacher of all children was Rashi. And you see when it comes to Nevis and so on, Rashi describes animals that are, the Torah talks about rabbits and other animals that are not kosher. So when we're talking in Torah to understand the world that God created, or to understand Marabu Masecha, you go to a zoo and you see an elephant, and you're teaching children this is the greatness that God created, you see power, you see the things that a lion teaches us. On the Kadra, we say, we say, we say every day, have a Kal Kanamar, right? Ratzkatsvi. Three of those animals are not kosher animals. Right? No, three or four even. What did we say? Ratz Kanamad is a leopard. 
No, no, Tzvi. Tzvi is a gazelle. Okay, that's kosher animal. But uh, Gibber Kari, Ari is not kosher. A Nomer is a leopard is not. And a uh, and what is it? And Kanesha, an eagle is not. Nevertheless, they're God's creations. The Gemara says, if we didn't have the mountain Torah, God forbid, the Rabbi Rashab adds, we would learn Sneas from what? From a cat. So to say that the animals in the world are, God forbid, a negative animal, the Rebbe was speaking in a home where you have a choice. Don't, if you have to bring a, 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 a stuffed animal, bring a kosher stuffed animal. So it's just an image of mortar. Because some people took it completely out of context. They thought the Rebbe meant, that's it, let's kill all the leopards and lions and then zoos and so on and so forth. No. I mean, I'm just trying to point out it all has to be with context. I'm glad you said that because a lot of people do think so. Yeah. They started the whole thing. It's, everything is with balance. Look, the Rebbe has in a letter a very interesting thing. You're not allowed to, you know, a horse is not, is not kosher. But you can ride on a horse and, and, and go for do a mitzvah with it. So the question is is a horse shows clips at Meas or clips Nega? Even some of the shvatim are compared to nakosha animals. That's it's also brought in the sikhah, the golem, the the the, fa- the <laughs> flags had images of a serpent, had images of uh, yeah. Remember, creatures are created by God, and they all have a purpose in this world. The spider, etc., etc. Okay, let's learn kuflam and days. Okay. This was a little trying to bring Ayin Bays, but you see the ideas of Ayin Bays are very can be related mamish to things that are down to Mickey Mouse even. Don't write an article called Ayin Bays and Mickey Mouse. That's going to be very odd. Kufa Ahmed Bays. So, okay, so we concluded that this is Er Zerua. Er Zerua that the Ovis accomplished is Er Zerua that what? It's Er. So it's not the Etzem Mazel, it's not the Etzem, the core source of the ten sphere, of the, of the divine, but a reflection of it. But that reflection is a spiritual sweetness, evolves and becomes actual sweetness in Atsilis. That's Erzerua. So it's planted like a seed. A seed that's planted, and once it grows, suddenly you have a sphere. It's a beautiful imagery, actually, how spheres emerge. So God planted spheres like He planted seeds. Yes? So what we learned before with the ten hidden spheres was the God, the artist, envisioning the ten, envisioning the structure of existence. Now we're calling them seeds that are planted in Atsilis, and that's where they grow into spheres as we know them. Sweetness is in a mushroom, but tiny. I wouldn't use Tainuk here because sweetness is maybe more of a chesed, if anything. Because Tainuk, tainuk would, would confuse matters. Basikus is more of a muscle for personality of a sphere, I would say. You know, every sphere has its personality. Vihine ba now he continues. Now, Vihine, and now, ba an example, had a neshama, had a hakshama sa'ara, hanizra. What was the example? Let's go back to the example. That God took the power of creation, put that into the earth. Now you take a seed, let's say an apple seed. The seed itself, if you did not know what an apple tastes like, you would not know that this seed is going to yield an apple tree. That will that you'll be able to eat apples and know the ta- and have a sweet taste because the seed has nothing similar in it, right? Yet, yet what happens is that the mazel of this seed is telling it that once. Becomes an apple, telling that this apple should have sweetness because the mazel has a form of sweetness. So in the mashal, the so-called the thickening of the coarse, the coarsening of the reflection. What's the reflection? He's talking about erzeruah, the reflection of the mazel, spiritual sweetness. In the example, it's through the planted seed. 
So it's not just that there is a, a spiritual sweetness that enters the earth, and the earth yields a tree. You need an intermediary, another interface. It's called a seed. You need to plant a seed. Because technically, God could have made it that way. He could have said, different parts of the earth, if you water it, the earth will yield an apple tree, and I will infuse it with sweetness from a higher level. Now, you need the seed. So you can explain now, what is the seed in the analogy? So every detail is critical here. I think this is really fascinating, because I think for the first time, remember yesterday I said that to really appreciate these levels, it's been very good to look at the gestation process of any growth, whether it's a conception of a child to, to delivery, you know, of a fetus, or a seed in the ground, that really to understand the shtalshalus, the shtalshalus is expressed in the, th- in the metamorphosis that we see in our lives. And the fact that, as it's, I think, any metamorphosis that we can identify in the physical world can be a perfect example for metamorphosis from the higher spiritual worlds to the physical worlds. I'm saying this for a reason. Because if we're going to ever map out this human genome, the spiritual genome, if we're going to ever map out Ishtalshalus, I think the way to do it is to use models, biological, anatomical, um, physicist, what's the word? I want to say physics. Models and physics of how things metamorphosize from a, from a state of a nucleus to where they become a full-blown entity. Huh? Yeah. Even chemical, develop, chemical reactions and chemical um, processes, I think it would be excellent. That would be a real good collaboration. Because you could actually probably find akudim, nekudim, vrudim, atzilas, bri, atzira, ten hidden spheres. If you can find that in so-called existing scientific models, I think that there would be real revelations would come out of that. Because imagine a scientist, let's say a chemist, would, would learn from this and say, you know what, based on this, he discovered another level of a chemical, uh, rea- a chemical uh, uh, process, and he wins a Nobel Prize, then we get Ayan Bayes will receive, receive the fame it deserves, and Chassidus will uh, control the world. What do you think? Does this make sense? I really think, that I, you know, this to me is absolutely doable. I have no doubt that it's doable. If you map this out properly and sat with people who really know their science, I'm saying it for the record. I want to say, if any of you know someone like this, this is to me is worth every second. Because that would really be something unbelievable. Because as long as it remains in the books here, it will not be taken credibly by people who uh, just don't know what this is. Well, if you can associate the two. So I think the fact that he's giving an example of seeds, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go back. I want to study what botanists say about how a seed actually, how the process, because it's a mystery even in science, not so simple. Uh, seeds, uh, what happens, what does the earth do? Why if you put a seed on the ground, and such, and, and just on a table, it won't grow? You know, what, what, what is a seed anyway? So I'm sure there's some, some descriptions of it, but the question is how evolved they are. And if you compare it to what he says here, it would be very interesting to, to parallel. You don't agree with that? I'm fascinated by these things. I don't know about you. What do you think? So that's not what he says here. Once I once heard by uh, from Professor um, Yankel Brower who does research. Uh, yeah, in Montreal. Yeah. And they were doing some research in a certain thing of some um, DNA in the pituitary gland, and the only place that they found that DNA in another place in the body was in Zera. And so that Indian of how. No, it says in Tanya, right? Zera meyachav. That's how comes Zera. That's amazing. That's, that's been established. Is this established? I mean, this is like a common. Not, not, I believe so. I mean, a haploid uh, amount of uh, chromosomes, like, you know. Like. Yeah, 
because the Tanya we've always learned you don't have to necessarily physical physically you just say you know definitely definitely Zera does not just come that's why en kisha el das I mean you know Zera isn't just a physical uh, secretion <coughs> it's clearly coming has the power to give to, to fertilize the seed so clearly it's much more than just uh, another uh, secretion but uh, but that makes it definitely far more you know no, my point I'm saying is not everything has to be taken. Even here, I'm not, I wouldn't say necessarily literally every step, but but definitely conceptually to find the parallels. The, the more, the better. <coughs> I'm surprised, like Professor Brower or these people like that. Once they get into chassidus, they 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 start neglecting their science, which is I understand fully why. But it'll be, it'll be a big, big thing if someone can find the parallel. Not because we need science to corroborate it; it's because it would then be appreciated in, in a real way. People would realize that these levels are not just. At least, if even even learning chassidus, you learn these levels. Okay, another level, another level. And you start seeing that these are processes that actually can improve our lives. I mean, even the process of how the mysterious process, how when you press a key on a computer, what how many reactions are taking place? How many chain reactions are happening right now electrically? Till and then the, what the result is also a very similar type of thing. It's a bunch of switches that are set in motion. And they are documented. It's not just uh, that we know exactly what, what's happening in every step of the process. So the hine ba mosul. So now the mosul going back to the mosul. Well, now what is this in the nimshal? What is this in the moral? Well, amali yeshleim and apim ashakosu be itzchayim. Sorry, what's the garden in Israel on Sivos? This is ba we're talking about now when say, I'm sure I'm sure. No, he's talking about the muscle. The example was like this. We're talking here that um, the ten hidden spheres, he called it, what did he say about the ten hidden spheres? He said, uh, are like the sweetness in the mazel. Okay? That sweetness, once you plant the seed in Atsilas, that sweetness emerges and now takes on tangible sweetness. Like the similar to the tangible, like the physical sweetness compared to the spiritual sweetness of a song. That's what he said. Did he say what the seed, the seed planted in? No, that's what he's starting to discuss now. He says in the muscle, this hakshamas ha'ara, this spiritual sweetness that became hakshama, which is a reflection of the mazel, that became coarser. So in the muscle, we find that it doesn't just become coarser. It does not, it doesn't just move from one level to the next. It's through the seed that this takes place. Jesus is going to explain now what is the seed here in the Nimshal, in Atzils. What is the seed? So he says we can understand this. Mate Mate is one of those expressions which means Mate. Mate Vilei Mate. To come and not to come. Right. Mate Vilei Mate is like the root of Ratzim Shuv. Mate Vilei Mate is an expression. To go to to uh, extend and draw back. Pedek Aleph. So there, Shemata Lemoimati Pedek Aleph, Chapter One. She Savas Hakelim Bakudim Hu Adeshihim Shechesa Eir. That the containers in Akudim, and remember, Akudim there's only one container. Hu Adeshihim Shechesa Eir. It's through drawing down the energy. And after this energy was drawn down, it returned, it returned and it expired, returned back to its source. It returns back, it means it returns back into its source. 
That's what Mati Ulemati actually is. So it's like an energy that extended outward and then it went back, returned. Umaniyach Reshim. This is all the Eitzchayim. Let's read it and then we'll explain. Umaniyach Reshim. And it left an impression. Reshim Cheshim Lamat. It left an impression like a Cheshim of a, like a seal below. Like in other words, it, account, it, was, it wasn't just a light that emerged and returned, but the light that emerged actually left an impression and a seal below. And this impression is what became a container through the distance of the energy that returned, in other words, the distance of the energy that left it. Can you show me, give me the Yitzchayim a moment. As I think I mentioned several times, Ayin Beis and Eitz Chaim are very much connected. There's a constant explanations of Eitz Chaim all over the place. Okay, Shemati Loi Moti was that. Okay, learning Eitz Chaim in depth. It's not easy. Trust me. Here we go. Shemati Loi Moti, Perek Aleph. I just want to see because there's something here. It's not so clear completely. Here we are. Let me see what he says here. If we could see something from inside. You want to learn some Eitzchayim, my friends? Yeah. You never learn Eitzchayim? That's why I think we have to go. So here's what he says here. Before there was the existence of Akudim, the, the, the higher energy was not able to manifest in any container. Because containers could not, could not save, could not contain. Tolerate. Tolerate, but could not contain. the, the And also the energy was not ma- manifestable in a container. Until this extension of the energy reached the level of Akudim. And there became the emergence. Think of again the seed. Let's go back to um, conception of a child. Okay, so as soon as you have an egg is fertilized by a seed, so now you have a cell. A container has been established. It's minuscule, but something has established. It's essentially what Akudim is. The first container begins to emerge. For us, his is by and then Atsilis, now remember Atsilis here doesn't mean the world of Atsilis, Atsilis means the emanation of energy. It will become Atsilis. Atsilis is when this seed gives birth and you have a child. But the beginning of Atsilis is Akudim, essentially. So you have, she says, this gives it, I'm reading it because it's not difficult to understand what he's saying here. I think it'll be a lot easier to understand the, the Iron Base. Remember. We, say, we don't say Chassidus is explanation of Kabbalah. Kabbalah is explanation of Chassidus. So now we're going to see how Kabbalah explains Ayin Beis. What do you think about that? Okay. Even though this came earlier, but remember, Machshava Even though it came earlier, that's explanation. It's not about it's not about actual time. Listen, you remember the Tanya, the, the, the first part of Tanya. Not by the way. That's the It's not the first time you say such a thing. You know. You say, for example, Teros Tera Be'elam Haz is Hevel Hu Lagabe Teros Hashol Mashiach. But without the Tera, like Tamud Ebiyode, you wouldn't be able to get there. So real Tera will learn Losed Lovey, or even Mitzvahs. According to some, it's Siyunim today. 
so, so sometimes something comes before, but that, right. it's only a, it's a chinah. But once you learn that, you realize that this was just a. I mean, it's not unheard of. It's a concept. It's like the same of Benini. So, so let's continue. So here we say it's a very important expression. What was not able to be till now. I think this is excellent because what was the neshama like if the, if if there's no. Um, is there a scientific word for the moment that is, I know conception is, a, but what happens the sec, first second that the fetus, I call it even a fetus at that a point? Zygo. Huh? Zygote. That, that's really? That's, yeah. Well, anyway, that moment creates a container and now the soul has somewhere to manifest. Without that, there's no soul to manifest. Okay, so he says, Omnam Hamagim Kulam Nelam In the beginning, all this whole energy of, par- of parts. That would come in Tatsilis were all concealed in this one container. Okay, then he goes through the process that then becomes ten containers, Nukudim, and so on. Let me skip to where we it's relevant. That's Nukudim. Ten 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 containers. There is a translation, but I don't know if it's going to help much. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here's the expression now. What did he do? When he wanted to make this thing called a kudim, the beginning of containers, what did he do? He extended an energy, he transmitted an energy. So think of it, the source is transmitting an energy. Yeah, exactly. second. Basically extended it to the, the, the to the structure that he wanted to create, to Adat Tabur, just till the navel, basically. Okay, that's an Ak, Adam Khan. Let's not go there. Remember, this is all structured like a, uh, similar to a human being. Here goes. And after extending it, exactly what he says here. The energy returned and returned. returned. She says, This is the language he says. It, it returned back to its source, the pe, in the mouth. So basically, he's not saying the levels, but extended to the navel and returned to the mouth. Which is interesting. The Gemara Taka says, there's two opinions. A, person, a child does begin to develop from the mouth, from the pe, or from the tablet, right? Am I right? Or chaitim. Okay, anyway. Return to the mouth. And it's not relevant, to the, 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 the navel or the mouth, it's just an analogy for, of levels. And it's known that this energy, that once it extended, think of it like this, think of it like this. 
I'm just trying to find a good example. You have an energy that's contained, and then it bursts forth into an area that was that never saw this energy before. And it will return. Think of it like a burst of lightning. But he says you have to say if it came out, it, it must, must leave a mark. That's what he's saying, that it leaves some mark. That's what he's saying here. So it must leave some mark. He says, must be Yeah, it's exactly what he said here. So basically he's saying that when the energy returned, what mark did it leave? It left something that would become a container. It's an interesting imagery. So, so what, if the energy had remained there, the container could not emerge because the energy would be too powerful. So, but the fact that it burst forth like a, like a, like a, like a, like a, like say like a lightning bolt and returned, what it left was since the energy is not here, but it left a mark, it left an impression, and that impression is the beginnings of once energy is gone of the container. <coughs> He says this keli is called keser. I'm saying that for your benefit, just for the picture. Very nice. Okay. I would say the following is is, is what's happening here. Okay. So he's using this Aitzchayim now to explain the seed. What the seed is. So he says... This relation that we just discussed in Eitzchayim Yeshleim, we can say Shazel Kumayal Derech Moshe Lahagarin. That's like, for example, like the seed Shaboy Vayodei. That in it and through it, Nitzmachapri, the the fruit will grow, will uh, blossom. It's like this is like the Reisha Manal. This impression that we just mentioned from it grew. And emerged the ten spheres that are rooted in Ak. So it goes like this. Adam Kadman is just energy. Think of it as energy that encompasses all of existence. Sometimes it says it's the So think of Ak as a reservoir of energy. It's after the Tzimtzum. It's all the energy, but it's not energy that yet, we don't yet have a creation. If you want to think of it in context of our, of, of our discussion here, Think of it like the moment before conception. So God has decided that a soul will enter this world. But he's not yet determined where the soul is going to enter. Then husband and wife conceive a child, conceive, and, and the energy from Ak enters now into this fertilized egg, right? And, 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 but, but, the, but there's an initial bolt, and then the energy, the power of the energy from the source is removed. And a container begins, and it begins to grow. And, to, and, and together it will start developing. In other words, there's something that remains. And that, that's what remains is called the seed. That's called a fertilized seed, basically. 
a seed that has begun to grow, not a God forbid a dead seed, a seed that's begun to grow that has the beginning to get it grow. That's the beginning. That's what he says is the duration. That's where the container begins. So the beginning of the container is the seed. That's the role of the seed. Well, fertilization is God planting it, basically. God wanting it. He's planting it. The Esosphere Sagnusus is the root of the Mesikus, as you said. That's like the... That's the sweetness in the mazel, but that's above. After Atsilus, these spheres are now planted. What's the seed? The seed is the air that returns and leaves uh, an impression that becomes the beginning of the container. In this container, everything will start now emerging. As this container develops, and more air begins to spread into it, it will become, it will blossom, and it will become a tree. It will become an apple tree. And then you'll eat an apple, it'll have physical sweetness that originates from the sweetness of the mazel. But you have something to hold on to, that's called the container. The seed is the beginning of the physical tree. In other words, the interface between a spiritual mazel that's telling the, the apple to be sweet which is still spiritual sweetness, and the actual apple is the seed, and the seed is the beginning of the container in Akudim. It works very well. It's beautiful. And Nakudim would be when it develops more. And then Nakudim is an Atikun, is where it becomes not silas, it becomes a full blown entity. It works. He's not discussing that here. It's not relevant there. The kudim, but the kudim has a purpose. The kudim means that it develops into ten, ten, ten levels. It enables, enables the whole source of nutrition. No, no, it, 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 it makes a lot. It, it could be very well. That's very good. The navel will become the the umbilical cord. Yeah, and it taka flows like an air in Kelly, very minimal. Because the, the navel, it's just a, it's a narrow, it's a flow of energy. Look, when he says reishim, it leaves a mark, we understand that there's some connection to the air, but it's a very minimal. It's almost like, I'm thinking to myself, teacher and student, infinitely distant, and the teacher comes and appears for the first time, so there's a certain power there. The teacher has entered the room, and he says something, and then he's quiet. So he's created now the beginnings of a container of a relationship. Now begins the process of growth. It works very well, this. I mean, you see that Rebbe Rashab is working hard in, in explaining every spa- aspect of the, of the Mashal. And we can say, all these Yashleim clearly tell you this is the Chiddush of the Rebbe Rashab. So this is real Rebbe Rashab, classic. And I didn't, I want to see if there's anything written earlier, but it looks to me very much original Rebbe Rashab here. There's a lot of Yashleimers here. They're just like the containers of Atsilis contain, confine the energy. As it's, and it's explained elsewhere that what is the Akbala? We learned this earlier too. The Akbala is not that the, the energy in Atsilis is limited, it doesn't let the flow. It's like it's a filter that doesn't let it go out of Atsilis. The example given for it, let's say, an arm, a hand, when you can write, you can write many infinite letters, but your hand is stopping the flow, and you only write an aleph and a base. So the hand still can write infinitely, but the stop, the flow stop, is only outside of the hand, outside of the arm. Because in Atsilus, the spheres are still, they're chesed gvura, but chesed, infinite chesed. Gvura, infinite gvura. 
The gamma kelim datzils ain't in his gvul adayin, because also the containers of atzils are not yet really complete gvul. Like the Maimon, their number is, their measure is 10, but they have no end. He brought this earlier. This is from, I think, from a Sefer a problem. They have 10, but each one has no end. So, yes, they are, they are already a structure of 10 spheres, but each one of them is endless in its flow, in within that You can't say that a Biyah? Biyah, you can't say endless flow, no. Then the Biyah is both Chesed has a stop. We also learned that a few weeks ago that, that in the Biyah the, 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 in, in the in the uh, in, in the in the finite is the infinite. So uh, what we learned here or elsewhere? Here, right here. I don't know what you mean. Tell me what you mean with the finite. When you say spheres from the word misper number, you mean? Yeah. First of all, we're talking about atzilus. Yes, exactly. And once number comes in Biyah, it is finite. No, look. Remember, every there's atzilus in the Biyah too. We're talking about Biyah on its own. Obviously, the point is that we, even in this finite world, we can reveal all this. But we're talking about in the, in the way it's initially created. Mashiach comes, we'll be able to bring Bligvul into Gvul, but that's not what we're discussing here. Here we're discussing how the structure is. Atzil is therefore a structure, but it's in himself. Like the Pardis writes and explained elsewhere. The confinement is. That outside of Atsilis, the energy should only flow, only affect in a limited way. That means, and that is the Hainu, that is the creation of Biyah. But this is all a Kamei Kain, so let's go back. Let's go read it properly. Now he's going back. Same thing, the container in Akudim, which is still only one small container, the seed, it affects the Da'ir, that when it flows, when it extends into Atsilis, it should be in a form of Mitsias. Ah, very interesting. I'm glad we're going slowly here, my friend. This is not easy reading here. Wow, this is fascinating. He's now explaining the role of the seed. Let's explain the role of the seed. I'm smiling because it's just really the dissecting here of every level is just unbelievable. So we're talking about a metamorphosis from a state that is completely ethereal, okay, to a state that's completely tangible and concrete. It's not a simple matter, but we have examples, as I said, here the example of the seed is a perfect example. If you want to talk about it even more detail, you could say, on the third day of creation, God said, the third Maimer was what? Or the fourth Maimer? He commanded, he said, that the earth shall bear, bear uh, growth. And it basically empowered earth with a power of growth. So clearly this is a spiritual force um, 
informing and creating the ability for growth in this earth. We learned before Nagar Sakaj that he cited earlier, he said an interesting expression, he said like this. I just want to read it because it's very helpful here. That God planted a kechevi yacholti biyaseida ofer agashmi begili otsum biyaser eiz miyaseida selyein. He gave, he empowered earth more than all the other higher elements, more than fire, water, and 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 uh, and wind and air, with the power to be able to give to to, to sprout endlessly. Tomid yeshmayin grasses and trees endlessly. And it's all coming from a spiritual power. So one second. Now the reason is I'm quoting this because this is very much similar language that he uses here. So he says an interesting expression. One second. Give me a second. Where is it? That's this pale bouquet of It's tamid le'elam vod. He says not only by sheishis mebreishis bovad, but he gave power to earth forever, to end of time, to give to constantly think, cause things to grow. He says it's a taste of Ein Sof in, in this world. Here it goes. To, give, to grow grasses and trees, opetus and fruits, from nothing into something, tamid always, year after year, which is like a taste of Ein Sof. Because if Elam Hazer would, would continue, this is Tanya. For many, many years, what is that? Tens of thousands of years. It would continue to grow year after year. Then it continues on that there's two types of growth. Things that we plant. And there are things that we... Uh, okay. I'm going to have to conclude because my wife has to leave. But let me just uh, sum this up here. Put them down, Shandy. I'll take care of it. Right. Things that grow by themselves and things that are planted. Now, why am I saying this? Because, uh, why, why was I saying it? So the question, however, is what he's saying now, so the process is like this. The seed, what does the seed do? You have the spiritual concept of sweetness already in the ten hidden spheres. What does the seed do? The seed gives it substance, but very minimal substance. So he's saying the seed does to, for Atsilas what Atsilas does for Biyah. Atsilus is already substance, but it's endless chesed, endless gvura. So, it's, so, so it stops the process outside of Atsilus. Akudim, the seed, what it does is, it stops the spirituality of it and gives it some type of substance. So the seed is closer to the tree than it is to the spiritual power of growth. That's what he's saying. So the seed itself is still a seed, but it's going to cause then ultimately there will become a substantial tree called an apple tree. Same thing like Atsilis. Atsilis creates a tree, but it creates an infinite tree. And in, in Biyah, it creates a limited element. It's basically showing how the interfaces are such that they begin to give you the new, a new entity, but it's still only limited outside of itself. But it itself, the seed itself, is still somewhat of an infinite entity. That's what he's saying here. So just like Atsilis... The main limitation of the containers of Atsilis is that it shouldn't flow out of Atsilis. The main limitation of the container of the seed is, is that it should allow it to become substance in Atsilis. Okay.
Let's stop here because it's going to have to get a slow process because he's analyzing this Eitz Chaim. So we'll stop here. We did the beginning of chapter 132, page 255, top of 256.